Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome back to another episode of the Keel Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Keel, alongside me, the insider of the insiders, Tyler. Do I put a warning next time before you start screaming? Hey, let's just all be happy you didn't say, as always, this time. Are we all glad that that title got removed? I think so. Well, I had to put something left in there, because if I can't put, as always, I gotta have a little pizzazz at the end. All right, sorry, I'm gonna put warning. This episode is going to be loud. Turn down your earbuds, whatever you're listening to, and if you're using a Bluetooth speaker, your neighbors are going to hate you. You're right. Take two. Ladies and gentlemen, boys no, and girls, no, 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 <laughs> You don't want me to do a take two? No, because now the people are going to be like, they're going to turn it down to nothing, and then when you get really quiet in the middle of the episode, everyone's going to be like, I can't hear anything. Just blow their speakers, Alex. There nah, you go. That's fine. It's going to be like, just you know what? If you have trouble up, nope, just turn it on bass. It'll sound like... That's all it's going to sound like. Turn your bass down. We're all about that bass. About that bass. Enough of that. Take me back to 2014? Was that when that song was popular? If you want to tell Tyler that his references are out of date and completely irrelevant at this time, make sure to use the hashtag The Keel Podcast and at The Keel Podcast on Twitter. Not really using Facebook because... Did you really, for, did you really almost forget what our, what our channel was? Our channel is the hashtag. The hashtag is the channel. I, I paused for dramatic effect there. I, I had to reach out to Downtown Sports Network because they used it the, when they promoted our last episode. Or, well, our, I guess I can say, they use the hashtag TKP, and I said, uh, guys, that's the Turkish Communist Party. You should probably look it up, because <laughs> we, it, um, anyway, it is, it was clever when we thought about it, then we clicked it to see who else was using the hashtag TKP, and we realized it was a lot of bad people. <laughs> well, not necessarily bad. Just, well, it was just people that, I mean, it's, it, people think we're associated. No, we're not. Uh, Shout out to Sig Sixero with going for the longest hashtag tweet, I think, or the longest hashtag in a long time. It's. I think it was a hashtag. I'm old enough to remember when. Is that? A, I mean, that's, that's the long, not a very long hashtag. It's not the longest one, but it's longer than you usually should use. Hashtag yeah. should not be more than two words, two or three words. Uh no, you can have a phrase. No, it's. It was hashtag when you know. I remember when the. J, I'm old enough to remember when the Jays were competitive. Mm. <laughs> if you want to let. <laughs> The Downtown Sports Network know that they should not use the hashtag TKP. Tweet them at DT Sports Network. Hashtag Downtown Sports Network. And they're gearing up for the NFL season, so go on downtownsportsnetwork.com and get all of your team information with all the podcasts of all the individual teams around the area, around the NFL. Hey, Ty. Hey, Alex. I have a question for you. You have a question. As someone who... Potentially does not listen a lot to the Downtown Sports Network, i.e. maybe one of our fans. What do they have on there for this fall? They have Downtown Bengals, Downtown Buccaneers, Downtown... Most of the NFL teams have a have, a, have at least one guy doing a podcast for them right now. They also have a Downtown Michigan State Spartans. So they do have college sports. They do have college sports. They have Formula One. They have NASCAR. They are growing consistently, and which is really cool, and... Still, we're the only ones that do hockey right now. And, and you know what? And, Good and, on us. And you know what? As soon as they find someone, I guarantee you, they're going to ask us to politely leave. They're ask us, I would say ask us out the door, but there's really not a door for them. And The proverbial door, I guess? The proverbial... Proverb, yeah, yeah. Yeah, coffee hasn't kicked in entirely. The tongue is... The mind's going, but the tongue is... Blah, it's 7.30 blah. at night. You should be drinking coffee all day. I should be drinking coffee of every second of every day. Here. That's, you want some Rwanda? No. 
Oh, oh, it's actually coffee. I thought it was gonna be like some latte, whatever. No, it's a it's black coffee. I'll be honest. I did have one of those days this past week, right? Like some, someone was gonna make a coffee run to Big B. Whatever. Big B is like a Starbucks regional Starbucks for all of you non Michiganders. And the guy's like, "What do you want?" I'm like, "I want a mocha nut with white chocolate." And like, what kind of a white girl drink do you want? And I'm like, "It's a white girl drink kind of day. Just shut up and give it to me." Sugar, chocolate, give it. White chocolate, white lightning. Yeah, the the chocolate that's not even chocolate. Dude. You know, I you know, I like it. Okay, it's a different kind of texture to it. Text and taste. You mean taste, taste and texture? Well, no. Tell me that white chocolate it doesn't have a different texture from regular dark chocolate. Okay, but when we're talking about syrups, it's the same consistency. Can confirm we both worked there. Yeah, it's true. We both. Well, I, why did you put yourself under there and squirt? So it explained a lot. No, it, it would explain a lot. <laughs> I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't be that brutish. No, what I would do is yes, I w- you would. I would take whipped cream and I would just put it in a cup and then I'd put a bunch of different syrups on top of that because no, because it was a rough used, night. Bigby sells a little. Folks, I'm not kidding. This is America its finest. We sell a cup full of whipped cream. Yeah, it's a cup of whip. Cup of whip. I'm just telling you right now. This is America its finest. But it's like a dessert thing. It's it's no different really than having just like a cup of ice cream. Did I ever tell you the one time I snorted like actual cinnamon? Oh lord! Uh, what it was? We it was the pumpkin spice season, and we'd spilled some on the counter. And one of the girls, one of the baristas, as I was working with, she's like, "Tyler, I bet you, bet you five bucks you won't snort that," because it was a good hefty amount that I spilled. So what do I do? Like a pro, I. Whip out my debit card that had probably at the time $2 on it, and I did the thing, and uh, away I went and earned $5. You're an embarrassment to us all. Hey, you know what? Instead of paying a lot of money for the hard narcotic, I just got paid 5 bucks to store some cinnamon. Straight ground cinnamon. Fantastic. Now. I'm proud of myself, yes. Let's get into some sports, but before we get into necessarily hockey, we do like hockey, and with that comes fighting. That being said... Fighting happened baseball recently. Oh, yes, sir. It was a, it was a fight. So, now, this wasn't, no, this was not a, now, people that watch baseball, oh, yeah, some guy got beaned and the benches came out, bullpens ran in, they pushed and shoved, held each other a little bit and yelled at each other. No. no. The Pirates were kicking this, was this, what was this, th- uh, Tuesday? Uh, Tuesday. It would have been. It was Tuesday, I think. I'm not, I'm trying to figure out off the top of my head now. I have the scores. Yes, up. it would have been Tuesday. It was Tuesday because. It was an uproar on Wednesday. And I just, oh gosh, it was so, it was. So, a little bit backstory for you guys. Um, The Pirates were kicking the crap. Okay. The Pittsburgh Pirates were playing the Cincinnati Reds, and it was in Pittsburgh. Um, Pittsburgh was sporting their uh, older jerseys, kind of doing a retro kind of thing that the teams have been doing recently, specifically the uh, Phillies. Pardon me, it was Monday. Monday. Monday Was it Monday? Yes, it was. I just looked it up, make sure. Are you sure? Yes. I just looked up the Anyways, thing. I fine. remember the score. Fine, 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 I remember fine, fine, the score. Cool, 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 cool. Now, it happened on Monday, and it was a chippy game all night. You know, people throwing the ball. Bean ba- balls. Bean ball throwing it behind. You know, my, a lot of chit chatter. game when I pitch. A lot of chit chatter. A lot of chirping. Um, oh, yeah, and chit chatting. So, the Pittsburgh Pirates had this game won. It was in the bag, and it was the top of the ninth um, with. The no, it was later yes, on. It, no, it, it would have la- been it, it would have been the la- bottom of the ninth, I believe. Possibly, it was later on in the game. And Amir Garrett, the uh, pitcher that was going to be getting pulled. Yep, he was he was just getting pulled from the Cincinnati Reds. He 
basically said, "Oh, I'm done for the night. Cool." And no, he, well, no. Apparently, the people, the the Bucks bench was yelling at him. By the way, no, yes, yes it yeah. was. It was a member yeah. of the a member. There was more than a member. There were there was a lot of players. Giving well, it was one specifically though that the the Pittsburgh Pirates had on the bench, and he wasn't even playing. He wasn't suited up for play. that game. And this may be my lack of baseball knowledge, but I don't even know who plays for the Buccaneers. Or Buccaneers. They call Pirates. Them the Bucks. Well, they call them the Bucks, but the Pirates. I don't even know who plays for them anymore. Ever since McCutcheon left, it that is fair. Philly. Yeah, a lot of people have gone to Philly. Philly. Um, Sorry, I just don't like Philly. That's fine. Pittsburgh makes good sandwiches. Philly doesn't. What, what's wrong with the Philly cheesesteak? Does it have French fries and coleslaw on it? Doesn't have to. I'm just saying, man. I forget what the sandwich is called, but the one they sell you in wax paper, you know, that sandwich with French fries and coleslaw. We saw it on the Travel Channel one time, and I... Yes. Don't know what it's called, but it's delicious. And of what's course, wrong with the classic Philly cheesesteak? Everything! It's not, it doesn't have French fries, that's why. Your argument is irrelevant. My Back fainess, to the fight. My wins that battle. Back to the fight. So, Amir Garrett charges the entire charges Pittsburgh the, He just goes bench. after the dugout. He doesn't he walk. He charges the bench. He bolts. Yeah. Usain bolts over there. So, he goes over there. One versus basically the entire team. And the entire team quintessentially uh, engulfs him before <laughs> before off. before the team the rest of his team the Cincinnati Reds goes out and has to obviously defend him go after all the players that were going out and the funny part well, about uh, this no, the best part about the best part about the fight sorry is Garrett just runs over there right and he's the only one that's going so if you're like in the upper deck there at P- is it still PNC Park in Pittsburgh uh, I think it's still PNC but anyways if you're really in the upper deck you see this one little guy with white and red uniform all to just get engulfed in black <laughs> black and yellow just Nothing, because he just gets swallowed Swim up. Bees. Swallowed up like Some a good bees. Swallowed up like a nice beef coleslaw and French fried sandwich. Sure, that's exactly what it looked like. And then all of a sudden, finally, like, oh crap, we gotta help him, guys! And then everyone finally comes over across. Yeah. And then, yeah. The funny part about the story is, so a little, a little bit of side note backstory. Yasiel Puig, who before the game was in. His, oh, he, con- his he, contract was in talks between the Cincinnati Reds and the Cleveland Indians. During the game which the Cleveland Indians obtained the rights of Yasiel Puig they, playing they, for their team. That big three, yeah, it was with them, San Diego, was, and Cincinnati, yes. There was a three-team trade. It was whole kit and caboodle in half. Yep, it was them. those three teams. It's and, happened before. It happens all the time in baseball. It does, where, where, where players get traded during they, the they game. Yanked. And Yasiel Puig played the majority of the game, and I want to say right before the ninth inning, uh, he was given the pull from the skipper saying Cleveland has deemed that you You cannot legally play for us. Correct. They've deemed that you have played your last, you know, inning as a uh, Cincinnati Red, as far as, you know, this goes, unless he gets traded back there for some reason. So Yasiel Puig goes to the uh, players' room, goes to the locker room, had not gotten undressed yet. Not fully, at least. He he was, you know, getting himself all, you know, squared away, and then he decided, you know what? I'm going to go sit on the bench. Because as long as he I doesn't... I don't think he was sitting on the bench. Because you can sit there and watch him. You cannot be on the bench if you're not on the team. That's Well, that, no, but he... He, he was can, in the locker room. I don't think he did. He can go, go to the... He can... He, okay, legally in baseball, you cannot physically be on the bench. That being said, you can be as close as... The tunnel, probably the where where the cameras are. Anyways, but yes, he and then he, <clears throat> but he runs into the fray, 
Everyone's like, wait, hold, what? So technically, there were three teams in this fight. The Cleveland Indians, <laughs> the Pittsburgh Pirates, and the Cincinnati Reds. Now, there yeah. were 40 games, or 40, the suspensions caught, added up to about 40 games. Yes. Both managers For- got suspended. Uh, Pirates got, Pirates manager got two because he'd already been kicked out of the game already. And Puig got three, so the Indians won't see him for a few more days. Correct. And, and so, coincidence, moral of the story, it was kind of weird that Yasiel Puig was signed to another team, but he was fighting for the Cincinnati Reds. That being said, I respect this. I was going, I was laughing at Garrett, just charging, not even like just yelling at him as he walks up, just charge the dugout. Well, that's not that's the, literally the hockey equivalent of jumping into the bench and going. It's like the guy, that poor fan that went after Rob Ray in Quebec. Everybody yeah, remembers but you see, that's not that's the big story dumb. though. The big story is Yasiel Puig fighting for the Reds, even though he's a Cleveland Indian. I respect this because it's the first time st- in Major League history where there are players from three teams into a brawl. You're right. That is n- probably not entirely true. Well, we, you know, you we know have what? not the, done research the on 1900s that. 1900s were weird. You're right. Okay, I understand that, but I'm just saying for this scenario. So, Provide for the for the live ball era. Is that better? Yeah. That, I can so probably that believe. being said, Yasiel Puig technically did not throw a punch, but he did throw a pelvic thrust. And the fact that, I mean, reputation alone uh, deserved the three games for he being involved in that. He is a little bit of that. a hothead. So, obviously, I'm sure Cleveland has a few words to say to him as he goes there, going to play there for the remainder of the season and for the rain, remainder of his contract unless something gets done. Yeah, it's That funny. being said... It's funny, Yasiel Puig... They're like, oh, yeah, he's got an ego and stuff like that. Yeah, they got Trevor Bauer from Cleveland, the guy that threw the ball over the center field wall after he got pulled. Thank Did you... Did you see that? Remember that too? Yeah, I saw that. Dude, yeah. I work in baseball, and the, 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 MLB, well, the funniest thing is the, the MLB network is always on. The funniest thing is I the, see everything. The center fielder, whoever it is for Cleveland, I don't know the name because I don't like I said, don't know all the players for the Indians. He's just staring out there at the scoreboard, probably watching the out of town scoreboard. And all of a sudden, he sees a ball goes flying over his head. He turns around. What the hell? <laughs> just because oh, hey, that's an arm. That you're throwing from the mount. That's about three hundred and fifty, a little over four hundred feet. That that thing went clear over. I mean, if you think about it, pitchers probably have the best arm in baseball. That's why they're throwing it fast at a catcher. I'm just that was it was just funny because like you just actually this. no scratch that and then wrong. Oh no, Brandon Harper has the best arm in baseball. Bryce Harper, whatever. You work Bryce in baseball, Harper. but you don't know who Bryce Harper is. I know his is. last name. I, I see everything. I don't necessarily know everything. Anyways, but no. Because he's the kind of guy that goes from the warning track, throws it to home plate without it touching the ground. Was he, Bo Jackson? Basically. He ain't Bo Bichette. Yeah, Bo Bichette. Six hits in his first two games as a Blue Jay. Boba Fett? Or, first, or three games, excuse me. Ties a Blue Jay record. Bo Bichette. Boba Fett. Bo Bichette. If that's not his nickname, you're dumb. No, it's Bono. They're going with the Bono's thing. I don't think Bo Bichette's even old enough to know what Star Wars is. Bono? Bono's. Like, remember Bo Jackson? That was the thing. Bono's baseball, Bono's, Bono's everything, whatever the yeah, Nike Yeah, because had. he played multiple sports at the professional level. Yeah, but you know what? You know what? First round yeah, yes. for both. You know what? The Jays fans need something to look forward to. The Jays fans are idiots because they're still Jays fans. No, yeah, we're Jays. Yeah, we're idiots because we trust Ross Atkins and Mark Shapiro. Marcus Stroman, for what? A bucket of balls and a free bat. Aaron Sanchez and Joe Biagiani, apparently a decent center fielder who can, quote, hit the ball hard, but only bats 210. Yeah, he hits the ball hard when he's actually able to hit it. And Ross Atkins has the gall to go on national television and said, we made good picks for the future. What kind of a, get a pitcher or something. They did. They got two. 
No, they didn't. They got rid of three. No, didn't they? Did they, they get two back? Yeah. Oh, um, yeah, they got two back. Gay, uh, what's uh, from the Mets? I want the glass one. It's like asking about what he needs to do in Canada. Yeah. Yes, but a guy that's not going to be an everyday. He's not a starter. No, but who cares? Your team's out of it. They've been out of it since the beginning of the season. But find a prospect that's a pitcher, though. A good prospect. No offense. That's the hard part is that you gave up you gave up two major league pitchers, a major league relief pitcher and a major league starter for a triple A outfielder who can apparently play the corners, who can play left and right field as well, he can play all three positions in the outfield. That's great. At the minor league level. Alex, you work in the minors. You understand there's a difference between major league and minor league. Can I add, can I tell you? Vladdy Jr. was hitting balls over scoreboards in minors. Yeah, he's hitting homers in the majors, but he does he doesn't hit them as consistently. Can I can I say something? I'm not saying Vladdy's a bad player and he'll <laughs> develop, but what I'm saying is that you can't just compare two major league pitchers to a triple A outfielder and say this is a good deal. So I What would Billy Bean think? <laughs> I was talking to um someone higher up in the West Michigan Whitecaps organization, not gonna name a name. And Dan Hasty, no. No. Dan doesn't know crap. He's just, hey, go talk. Okay. Yeah, I got it. Hey, can I get some free tickets? Thanks. That's Dan. That's how it works being talent, man. Yeah. You get free tickets for everything. Yeah. Um, that being said, I was I talked to a higher up in the organization and I was like, so what you you know baseball. You've known baseball for years and years and years. What do you think about this? And he said, Well, kid. I think that the Blue Jays are on to something. On to what? And, and I was like, well, what do you mean? I was like, on to something. On the same way of going well, on to a garbage chute. Well, I have personally been dealt a deck of cards in a homestand by that team from Lansing. And I think they got something there. But there's no pitching. The hitting's there, Yes. We have a good leadoff hitter in Bichette now, if he can keep it up. I mean, yeah, we played Kansas City, so. But Biggio's coming on. Lord Guerrero Jr., Vladdy. We have talent as in the position front. Chesco Hernandez is off and on. He's hot and cold. But the pitching, even with the, look at the, okay, look at the lug nuts. They have one of the best hitting teams in Midwest League. Absolutely. They have one of the worst pitching teams in the Midwest League. Absolutely. There's no pitching in the organization. But they're onto something. Listen. They're on okay, on They got a big wheel of talent, okay? A big wheel of what? Talent. Where? They have a big wheel of talent and people think they're doing something good. That's all I'm saying. I don't I don't know where it's coming from. I don't know what it ain't moneyball cuz you want to know why? At least the money ball had some form of pitching. That's about it. It's coming from the church, Ty. The Church of Truth. Church Street? The parish. The, the Church of Truth. Oh, let's Lance, get on. Lance, let, uh, let's get on to some hockey. Okay, yeah, Lance. let's see it. Let's get You're on right, to some hockey. You're right. 1984 World Series champion Lance Parrish, who, of course, until about Big uh, Wheel until last week, Kelly. That was funny because. Kelly's parents were at the game I was shadowing, Jesse and Adam. And they were they were like, oh, yeah, we saw you up in the booth. You're wearing your retro. Anyways, they're like, yeah, it's funny to see Lance Parrish because the managers play third base coach. They're the third base coach in the minor leagues. Some, at least 
Some do, some don't. But like, yeah, Lance Parrish, we're talking about him and stuff like that and what he was doing on one play. And Kelly's like, who is Lance Parrish? And her dad almost had a coronary. <laughs> it's funny, That's like, because Kelly like always like gets to be excited. Like he has like how her grandfather was at game five of the 84 World Series when they won and they clinched against San Diego. And I'm like, and you do not know who Lance Parrish is. You're dumb. Like everyone knows. You Kurt- are not taught, Will. You are not taught, Will. Oh, yeah. This is a hockey show, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, let's get into We hockey. should probably get into hockey. We were talking about Toronto, which is close enough, right? Um, So let's get into hockey. So a lot of things have happened. Not necessarily huge things, but good things. So it's, it's I'd say it's a little busier than it was last week. I was kind of left with the bottom of the barrel, scraping the bottom of the barrel for stuff. So Ryan Callahan, LTIR. Ryan Callahan will never play another game. His contract and a 2020 fifth-round pick were sent to the Ottawa Senators for Mike Condon and a 2020 sixth-round pick to Tampa Bay Lightning. Now, congratulations, Mike Condon. You're officially as good as a player that will never play again. Way well, not necessarily. <laughs> well, Tamp- if Tampa matching- knew what they wanted, and they wanted a backup. They wanted someone. third-string to- goaltender. They wanted a backup. No, they need a third-stringer. They need a backup. Third-string. Backup. Third-string. Backup. Backup pennies their backup. Third string. Backup. Back up. They're trading. Right. No. They're, they're McLean is getting traded. You're right. Mike's he's going trade. He's going to get traded to a team that wears red. I don't know which team. Calgary? He's going to Phoenix. I mean, Arizona. I mean, what used to be Winnipeg. Darcy Kemper and Curtis McElhinney, man. Dude. If Kemper can Curtis do McElhinney. Hey, if Darcy Kemper can do it in last year, like everyone. It's, it's so weird because Arizona is a small market team. They didn't make the playoffs. But Darcy Camper played more goaltenders, played more goaltenders, played more games than any goaltender in the NHL last year in the second half of the season. And he's good. And he almost James Reimer'd the Coyotes into the playoffs. Yeah. Almost dragged him kicking and screaming. A team that did not want to be there. Darcy Camper's like, I don't care. We're going to do what I say. I mean, Darcy Camper seems like a mild-mannered guy. but he, Think about his, it. His game probably did Phil Kessel scoring goals, McElhinney keeping them out. It's a recipe for a success. And Oliver Ekman Larson just being there because contract. Yeah. Biggin. Hey, he signed the big contract. He did. <clears throat> it's like Machado with the Padres. So Sick I, with the baseball, sorry. So going back to this trade, good trade. Obviously, Ryan well, Callen. It's a cat. Ottawa, Ottawa needed to hit the floor. Well, they've already hit the floor. It's more or less, they get to take down the LTIR when the time comes. Yes. People are confused, like, why would you want to do that? I'm like, why the Leafs take on David Clarkson? It's because, again, why not? I mean, it gives you more, it does give you a little bit more cap room, per se. I don't say per se, but it, it helps a little bit. But really, think of it this way. Mike Condon's a goaltender that, I don't want to say, here's the thing. He, he actually probably would get a few games here with the Senators. Well, with Anders Nielsen and Craig Anderson, I don't know. But he's not going to get much of more of an opportunity in Tampa with Andre Vasilevsky and Curtis McElhinney. So right. really, this trade was a just straight, hey, let's get rid of Callahan's contract because it's going to cost us later on down the line. That's what Breeze was thinking down in Tampa. And yeah. Pierre Dorian's like, well, we need money. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> let's so I, do, I do agree that Mike Condon is being a third string. However, I, you, I mean, you do get one. You're right. You get one round better in next year's draft. You're right. You get one round better. This was literally a duck. I mean, hey, Condon, you, know, you you played in Belleville last year. You just got to head a little east there. Make sure you come across through Buffalo, and you'll head up right up to Syracuse. Yeah. Make sure you go around the bend, and there you go. 
some bigger news than that, though. Paul Fenton, who has only been general manager of the Minnesota Wild for 15 months, maybe just a little bit under. It's 15 months. That was It was over a year? Okay. It, yeah, it was over a year. Uh, he was fired from the Minnesota Wild as general manager after only one season. That being said... That is... Sorry, go ahead. It's... I don't like this. It's so, it sets well, a poor precedent well, for people in general management positions. So hold on here. Let's first of all, it's unheard of for a GM to go one year and out. You must have to do something really stupid. Exactly. But let's look at what Paul Fenton did. I was kind of I with my lovely subscription to the Athletic, and Don Lecision put out a nice piece on what in the world. Did Paul Fenton do with the Minnesota Wild? A couple of the big ones, obviously, in particular, he re-signed Jason, Jason Zucker to a five-year, $27.5 million contract. That was one of his first big moves. And it helped out because Zucker is an, he's a player that's getting better. His value is starting to increase. Remember, he was almost traded for Phil Kessel at one point. Thankfully, it fell through, so they're able to keep him on, keep him on the roster. There was also... He was also, I believe, I don't know if he was exactly part of the Matthew Dumba extension, but he helped him out. Or no, he did. He did sign the five-year extension with Paul Fenton. But looking at the moves he didn't make, it's like, yes, you get good good young talent with Zucker, keep Dumba around. Yeah, Dumba was hurt. Miko Koiva was hurt. The team had a little bit of bad luck. Devin Dubnik was not his usual self. But then it's some of these other moves that raised some eyebrows. How, Alex, I, I know it helped your team out quite a bit in the playoffs. It did. But Victor Rask for Nino Niederreiter. One for one. Explain that to me, Alex. I love Victor Rask. He's always been good with the Charlotte Checkers. He's I've, We see him a lot playing against the Griffins. But for Nino Niederreiter, the Swiss Superman himself. Yes. I understand Carolina was in a much better position than Minnesota was, and you know you could have argued that Nino Niederreiter had grown sour with within the Wild organization, but was he that bad? No, and this is why. I mean, only, yes, I know he only had twenty three points in forty six games last year before he was traded, but on paper, Nino Niederreiter and Charlie Coyle should have stayed on that team. Oh, I didn't Kevin- mention. I didn't even mention that yet. No, yeah, Nino Niederreiter and Charlie Coyle for Kevin Fiala. On paper, Niederreiter and Coyle should have stayed on that team. In the behind the scenes, though, Niederreiter was not necessarily well liked in the organization. And I understand that. He is a very outspoken individual. We learned that a lot of Carolina in the playoffs. And Charlie Coyle was also a member of, or he was a proponent of trying to play his own game, which went against the system. Right. And I, he's, he's a phenomenal player. So that's found, what, that's which is why found, I said we found that out with Boston in the playoffs. Exactly, which is why I said Nieder Ryder and Coyle on paper they should still be in Minnesota. But with that being said, there were behind the scenes things that really led to this. And but then, it, you, but then you in tra- Paul Fenton's defense, he got Kevin Fiala back, so he you get yeah. But for Mikhail well, Granlin, what's, though, what's, what some would say an okay, you know, piece in the puzzle, if you will. And let's, let's be completely fair. 
Minnesota was not in a completely competitive stand. But you can get more for Granlin, though. That's what I'm trying to get at, Alex, is that Granlin's such a talented player. It's like my issue with Ross Atkins right now and Mark Shapiro. They could have gotten a lot more from Mikhail Granlin. That is true. It's a playoff buy. That value goes twice over, goes two times over, instead of pennies on the dollar. So, Michael Granlin, yes, he is a playoff buy, quote-unquote. So, you would think that, oh, yeah, you could get a lot for him, and all they get back is Kevin Fiala. This looks bad on Mr. Fenton's part. You could have gotten a draft pick or two. Possibility. Me being me. Me thinking in in, in the, the grand... You, you mean you me as in a basement on a microphone with my laptop with things. me? The grand scheme of things. Kevin Fiala. And future considerations, possibly. But you know you need to get definitive for this kind of a player. This is not a minor league for minor league future considerations BS. This is a top-end forward you're giving up for a quality forward I give you for Kevin Fiala. Who was doing nothing. You're right, he wasn't doing anything, but you can still get him for something. That's what I'm saying. If he's not doing anything, get something else with it. Yep, but look at the brand of hockey, though. Look at what... Okay, let's go... Just a couple players in that organization. Minnesota Wild. They have a lot of well, we didn't even young talent, well, but they also have a lot of older talent. Well, that being said, where does this little boy, this wee lad, fall into this? What? Here's the problem, Alex. I don't know if it's the problem of, you know, you're trying to... I get it if you're trying to sell players, you're trying to do... Kind of do a little bit of retooling here and there, which is fine. But then when you're not getting a whole lot in return, you can't really retool with nothing in return. But then you're like, okay, we're going to retool. But here we're going to sign Matt Zuccarello for five years. Yes, that's why you get Kevin Fiala, who's an RFA this year, and he's taking the place of JT Brown. Who is? Uh, is he he's not even signed yet? Is he an not, RFA is, or is he an RFA next year? He's an RFA 2019-2020. So, so he's not even he's not entirely signed. Neither is Erickson Eck. They have not been signed yet. Erickson Eck, uh, that's going to be an interesting. One. That's probably going to be one before training camp. So but you the ha- point is, so is you that have a twenty-two-year-old and a twenty-three-year-old. You're investing in your future. You're yes, but then you sign Zuccarello, who's a thirty-two-year-old forward. Thirty-one. Alex. Thirty-one. Sorry, he'll be turning thirty-two this year. You're right. Be, he will be 30, turning thirty-two. But if you're going to get rid of your talented players, I. And then you go after Zuccarello. Don't make any moves then. If you don't make a move for Zuccarello, okay, that's fine. You understand that we're retooling, but then you go out and buy a $6 million player who, guys, we don't even know who's he, if he's worth $6 million anymore. I agree that was bad. It was a shrewd move, and this is what probably put Fenton's, I don't say butt in the hot seat, but in the electric chair. Old Sparky. I, I mean, if you go to Tampa, if that were the case. Hey. Oh, you stop right there. But... You can't get rid of your top players and then buy one and thinking, oh, it'll be okay now. Listen, I don't know if Devin Dubnik will ever get back to his game like it had a couple years ago. And losing Coyle, and if Koivu, I don't think Koivu will be ever be 100% healthy ever again. He's getting old. Matthew Dumba should be able to return, no problem. But the whole is Eric Stahl is not any younger. Well, here's the thing about Koivu. And you're just going to add age and well, not have any prospects coming in? Okay. 
Koivu, though, he's got 5.5 left on this last year, and then he's a UFA next year. You can give oh, him up. Don't do that. <laughs> what? A, he's such a good guy. Oh, Oh, you! Oh, you're sitting there talking. Oh, you're gonna no, get I'm, older. No, no. But, but I'm not. We talk. We, we, but you could probably we know not, where this game is trending. You know, yes. it is trending. It's trending to, to a younger. younger game. Yes. I so agree. Kevin Fiala. But then, so at you're going to a younger game with. So you're losing Michael Granlin, Nito Niederreiter, and Charlie Coyle for a 32 year old. That's I agree. Yes, he earned this. He, no, no, he no. earned this firing. He earned have. Remember, You're, you he, are speaking he to the, the choir. Ja- he earned the Jazzy Jade treatment from Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Uncle Phil finds Paul Fenton, grabs him by his belt. <laughs> Every episode. I agree that That's Paul a, Fenton should not. Is that a have 90s signed. reference that everyone got? 90s references. Okay, Kyle, good. You got need, it. You need good. To stop with okay. these references. Matt Zuccarello should not have been signed. Correct. The trades I can deal with. The signing if I cannot. You get more back. You could have gotten more for Nino Niederreiter. You, you should have easily gotten more for Granlin. Okay, you, Charlie Coyle was like I said. Charlie Coyle was wavering a little bit. I mean, but and he and he played a huge role in the playoffs. So that's where his money, his value probably went up in hindsight. Hindsight's twenty twenty. Don't forget. But the point of the matter is, is that if you're not, if you're going to trade, don't for, like I always say, free agency and trade deadline, the two times a year that every player is worth more than they actually are, and you didn't get Jack Squat. You talk about retooling. You talk about trying to help the team get younger and better for the future. Zuccarello is not your future. No, and I agree. You're spree- you're peaching to the quiet. Yeah. You're peaching. You're peaching to the quiet. I know we're talking about Charlie Coyle, Charlie boy. You're preaching to the quiet. You know, you know what's the worst part? Charlie Coyle. Charlie Coyle got to live out his dream playing for Boston in the playoffs, and they got rid of Ryan Donato, who from Massachusetts went to Harvard and played for Boston, played him in the playoffs. And now he gets traded to Minnesota. Yeah, He's true. bossing through and through that Donata kid. But he got traded for nothing. Nothing, man. I mean, he got traded for Charlie Coyle. But... Ah, Charlie boy. Yeah, we got Charlie boy. Yeah, Charlie and Charlie. Charlie. Charlie and Charlie. Charlie. But yes, no. Just kidding. Charlie and Charlie well, is Charlie McAvoy. I'd like to see who steps in. I don't know who's going to. Heaven forbid it's him. This is one of the oddest seasons ever because Minnesota was Minnesota the year before. Don't forget they'd made the playoffs six straight years, and they weren't that great of a team to begin with, simply because of the fact that you know they had injuries, they weren't performing well. But the fact of the matter is, is that Paul Fenton went on the spree of all right, we're gonna get we're gonna get younger, we're gonna rebuild a little bit here, and then you go out and I mean, was he the one that just called every, like did he go in another room on July first and said? All right, guys, I gotta go to the bathroom quick and call up Matt Zuccarello. I'm like, hey, six million dollars, come over here. Six million dollars, five years, right behind everyone's back. Do, you, do is that really what happened? Because this is almost like when Peter Shirelli signed Miko Koskinen. Was it a organization approved move? Was this the direction that everyone was going in? Was Paul Fenton just playing chopsticks over there and not knowing what's going on? Is that what he's doing? Don't know. But, it was but, a- but moving forward, they need to find a new GM. I'm interested in this. So, TwinCities.com, actually, this is so, so obviously a local um, news outlet for Minnesota. They released an article um, on the Pioneer Press on five potential names to look at for the general manager position. Okay. I'm going to read them off. Okay. Number one, 
Ron Hextall. Oh! <laughs> wouldn't that be great? Because Ronnie Hextall got fired for the old Wild GM. Yeah, it, that it's kind of up in the air. Potentially, he's the current front runner right now as far as things goes. Next, they have Thomas Fitzgerald. Tom Fitzgerald, excuse me. Yep. Okay. Uh, third, they have Dean Lombardi. Dean Lombardi would not be an awful decision. No, he went, I mean, he won Stanley Cups with the Kings, so that's two cups. But that, however, the way it ended with the contracts, it was like when Stevie left Tampa, left him in cap hell. Yeah, it was not great. Um, that being second, you have Bill Zito. Bill he, Zito, what's his repertoire? The he, name sounds familiar, but. So he was the, or he has been the assistant uh, general manager for the Columbus Blue Jackets for the past six seasons and has a reputation of being a top-tier talent evaluator. Um, okay, to, that's important. Used to be a hockey agent Worked with and uh, is a huge salary cap nut. So with him, you know exactly that you are He's going trading to get, Zuccarello tomorrow. He's trading him yesterday. Probably. Now, $6 million for who? Get rid of him. Send him to Los Angeles. Hey, does Tampa need cap space? Oh, wait. <laughs> now, we'll get to that later. The fifth one intrigues me because i am bob mcnamara sorry no i am a fan of devil's advocate number five they have listed peter shirelli (laughs) 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 wait okay now wait is this a list of best options or who has experience that is left because peter shirelli shouldn't be a gm for a mafia in the khl peter shirelli couldn't help run an ECHL team. Peter Shirelli couldn't be the general manager for the Lockdown <laughs> Lancers. Peter Shirelli couldn't oh, host a Wednesday night I beer league. Peter Shirelli couldn't drive a Zamboni if he wanted Folks, to. Folks, fast forward. Peter Shirelli couldn't forever. Run. Peter Shirelli couldn't be in charge of dishwashing crew for a dumb restaurant with a dishwasher of one. Oh lord. Peter Shirelli. Oh god. Peter Shirelli doesn't check his oil in his car. Are you done yet? Peter Shirelli oh, doesn't know when to sweep the house, even though there's dust bunnies everywhere. If anyone's still listening, Peter Shirelli he, really does not know. Can he you could, order some like he couldn't grow. A, he I'll couldn't take grow. A order of Kung Peter Shirelli cannot um, grow daisies in his backyard. He couldn't grow weeds in his backyard. I said weeds, well. not weed. I said weeds. Um, Peter Shirelli doesn't know how to rolls. give a dog belly rubs. Peter Shirelli. Um, it's not necessarily rep- related. Peter Shirelli like, does not know how to make peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Probably some. Peter Shirelli well. asks Alexa how to make a grilled cheese. You Peter Shirelli um, watches Desperate Housewives on repeat. I do like some low main though. Peter Shirelli is willing Ooh, and able to watch every mm, original show from Prime like backwards. Noodles. Oh, that sounds good. Peter Shirelli doesn't know how to ride a bike. Peter Shirelli tried to mm. ride a razor scooter once. Mean? And guess how that is now? No, instead of like ran down the highway like, in the wrong way. Cakes, like Peter Shirelli does not need to be in charge That'd of an NHL team anymore, Alex. But you know what, Ty? He might. No. No. I'm glad you yelled. For those of you that deciphered what I, I was I, saying, I, I was hearing you talk, but I was. Like, I will take my order tomorrow, please. Peter Shirelli likes co- like Coca-Cola in plastic bottles, not glass. Glass bottles are better than, than plastic, as I'm trying to get it, Alex. Mm. Peter Shirelli tapes a stick from toe to heel. So? Peter Shirelli wears black laces on his skates. So? Peter Shirelli doesn't tape his socks. Peter Shirelli worked in the show. 
Peter Shirelli puts duct tape on the handle of his stick. Why would you want to tape a duck? <laughs> That's the same question Peter Shirelli would ask. Oh, God. All right. I'm moving forward from this. They need a new general manager. Those are Ronnie Exel would not be a bad idea. I just think he was... You know what? Paul Holmgren's an idiot. I never liked Paul Holmgren. Player, coach, general manager, runs a team, runs it in the ground. That's Paul Holmgren for you. We'll see what happens. Uh, Minnesota has not too long to figure it out. Even if they appoint an interim general manager, something. Who is their assistant GM? Do you, <clears throat> does it say on there? Not off the top of my head. Let me check. Uh... Oh, so the interim general manager is Tom Curvers. Tom Curvers, former Leafs defenseman that was traded for a certain first-round pick to the New Jersey Devils. Yes. Who did that first-round pick be on him? Coming, Alex? I don't know who is it. Scott Niedermeyer. Bingo, bingo, bongo. I'll take the whitefish. I love you. Know, he's a great guy. He takes it all in stride, but, man. You know what? I... And I don't think this. I don't think he's going to make a huge bunch of moves. I'm sure he's going to try to evaluate. I'm sure the organization is going to try to figure out what what they want to do moving forward. You know what? Hey, Minnesota may be a top team in the Central. Central's going to be dumb this year. Actually, the Metro will be dumb. Central will be Chicago, St. Louis, and Colorado. Yes. With Dallas getting a wild card spot. E- maybe. We'll see. Well, who else is it going to be? Uh, possibly a Pacific team. I mean, Winnipeg should be in there too. It's going. to... The Central is going to be tied up top, but there's going to be just a massive drop-off from the bottom, which could include Minnesota easily. I want Vancouver in there. Vancouver is Pacific, buddy. Vancouver. Van- Vancouver. No, 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 I'm talking about a wild-card spot, though. Vancouver should be a playoff team. They should. If Thatcher Demko can step up, and if him and Markstrom can split evenly, Vancouver should be a playoff team. With the offense they have, and the back end they're gaining, I mean, yes, they're spending a lot of money on a third-pairing defenseman in Tyler Myers, but it, they should be a playoff team this year. They should be they competing. Should. They should not be a best team in October, November, and then completely no. drop off the cliff by Christmas. Right. I agree with that. They should keep that 18-wheeler on the road. Sure. Um, How do we get to Vancouver? Oh, you just wanted Vancouver. Yeah, I want Vancouver. Vancouver. Um, so we have a couple signings now. Let's kind of, I mean, I guess since we're staying in the Central Division. Um, Samuel Girard gets a extension with the Colorado Avalanche. He gets seven years Five million each, grand total of thirty-five million dollars. He got twenty-seven points last year in his second season in the NHL. A little over seven hundred grand making right now, so that's a bit of a pay raise, wouldn't you think? I think so. He is a very talented. He was really good in the Quebec League, but he was overlooked because of the fact that defensemen in the Quebec League can be extremely good, but when they get in the NHL, they aren't. They don't. It doesn't really transfer. They flounder. Xavier Ouellette, for example. Where is he right now? Laval. How's that going for him? But he came in and got traded over from Nashville. Didn't seem to have a whole lot to, I guess, to give to Nashville. That's why he went to Colorado. But when he came over, I think, especially in his second year, he had this overwhelming boost of confidence. He He's a, he's very agile on the blank, kind of like a Tyson Berry, but left-handed. He's very capable on the power play. He creates chances. He's not able to afraid to pinch down. Very aggressive on the offensive attack. Very smooth skater. He is reinventing the spinorama. Serge Savard right now is somewhere looking on and saying, yeah, that guy's pretty good. Or, uh, well, how, how, would, how would you say pretty good in French, Alex? No, pretty good. Not very good. Très bien is very good. I don't know. Do they say, is pretty good a phrase in French? Uh... 
But anyways, yes. Search Savard's going bien with the spinorama because he li- and he likes to pull it off a lot. He gets in there and he, he, he doesn't he doesn't just do it inside the blue line and keep the puck. He doesn't do that kind of quick hard turn. He will do it coming out of his own zone. He is very agile, very, not a not a booming shot, but he gets yeah. pucks on goal. And when I first saw seven years five mil, I'm like that's a lot, but. You're expecting those years. You're expecting to be a $5 million player here in a couple of years. The answer to your question was assez bon. Assez bon? Yeah. So uh, assez being pretty or kind of, and then bon being good. We. Oui. Yeah. But it's, I think it's a big move for Colorado right now. Pretty good's not a very good, not a very well used term or phrase in what? French. What? Assez bon. Because technically it's American slang. Exactly. That's why. Well, that's why the language is a little different. Of course, don't forget it's usually spoken like French is like backwards sometimes. At least in in, in a translation to English, it's spoken backwards. And then when you look up from French to English, they think we speak backwards. Well, yeah, because I mean, technically, we're not getting into this. Anyways, keep yes. talking. But no, I with losing Barry, you are losing a whole big part of your defense. So keeping Gerard locked up, and if he can continue to progress already more than he already is, this guy could easily be a 40, 50 point getter in this league if he gets the right kind of minutes. Yeah, we'll see what he does. I mean, obviously he's playing with a phenomenal offense offense in Colorado. And is, is Philip Grubauer a good starter? Is he just is he ex, is he going to be a legitimate starter? I'm just curious. Samuel Gerard will play well for Colorado. He'll be doing great things. Now, you talked about a certain trade with certain peoples and certain somethings. New Jersey. Let's move over there. They had well, I talked about Nashville for a second, but... Yeah. Um, Literally one second. You guys can look it up later. uh, New Jersey signs two guys. Will Butcher, three by 3.733 repeating million dollars. 333, you know, repeating, of course. Um, Leroy Jenkins. Yeah, do you have anything on Will Butcher? Butcher's a very good young defenseman. He was heading towards arbitration. And, you know, the Devils, I don't say they need to keep him. But they really needed to keep him. That's the best way I can put it. He's he's the future of the blue line. Because let's be honest, love PK to death, but he's not going to be around forever. No. So you got to get a guy in there like Butcher, give him some more minutes, have him around players like PK Subban to kind of help him kind of, I guess, learn how to be an everyday NHLer and be a consistent NHL defenseman. Right. And everyone, I'm sure, in Montreal is like, he was never consistent. Okay, just relax, guys, okay? It was three years ago. Calm your horses. Yeah. Hey, that's the worst part now. Montreal gets to see him one more time because they play him three times now. They do, yeah. But I I like the signing. It's not it's not egregiously expensive. He's young. It's three years. It's, I don't say it's like a bridge deal, but hey, you have three years to prove that you can be a five, six million dollar defenseman. Right. Um, just a quick note for all of you at home. They're in the New Jersey Devils defense. They are locked up to uh $29.674 million. Who else is on their deep air? Out of, I don't, I don't, it's a, currently seven people listed on the roster. I'm going down the list from uh, top to bottom. P.K. Subban is the most expensive at $9 million for the next three years and a UFA in 2022-23. Andy Green, the captain of the team, he's got $5 million this year, UFA next year. Uh, Sammy Vitanen's 4.875 UFA next year. Uh, Damon Severson, uh, Will Butcher, and Connor Carrick, both with at least, or excuse me, all three with at least uh, 
two more years left on their contract, and then Mirko Mueller, who has 1.4, and then he's an RFA. There'll be some waiver wire pushers there, so, it looks like. Oh, we never got to mention that Kevin Shattenkirk got bought out today. He did. Yes, his final two years got bought out. Everyone's looking at and saying, he's going to the Leafs, but then he, no. ma- he made a... Well, I wouldn't because he's not that good anymore. Secondly, he's lo- apparently, according to multiple reports, he's looking for a team that, that he'll get surmountable power play time on. Right. Did you get to talk about Chris Kunitz yet? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, Chris Kunitz. We should get, uh, we should get to that. I think we should get to that a little later. All right. Let's get, let's get through Nikita Gusev, and then we'll do it. Yes, we... Oh, spoiler, by the way, what we're talking about next. And I don't know about it. Uh, so, I guess you could spoil it, and I guess we'll just keep going. Uh, Nikita Gusev, he was the other signing in New Jersey. Two years... Who? No, wait, hold on, guys. Uh, Nikita Gusev, that's who his name is. Uh, two years, $4.5 million per year. Now, this was a guy that was drafted in 2012 by the Tampa Bay Lightning, decided to stay in Russia. Like, like most players do. He wasn't a high, he was a great player, but it wasn't like he was a can't, I was right. can't miss, but it wasn't a good enough deal for him to come over. Right. Um, so he decided to play in the KHL for a bit. He was one of the players that we talked about in the expansion draft that, well, because his rights were traded to Vegas, um, in the expansion draft, possibly someone that if he decided to come over here, he would be a great asset to them. Him and Vadim Shipachov. Yeah. Those two are going to take over the Knights. And then nothing. No. <laughs> nothing. Um, so then he signed an ELC contract after the playoffs. Oh, actually, sorry. I looked, I, I messed that up. He Did signed you? in April, April the 14th. Which means he was signed so, for the playoffs, so that means his ELC of nine hundred some grand ended at the end of the season, making him a free agent. Okay, so that's the kicker. That's why the Devils were able to they trade him to the Devils uh, before his contract officially expired. So then they signed him to a new deal for now for this year and next year. I see. Okay, it, it was very. I thought I saw April. I'm like, oh, after the playoffs, because well, they were knocked out in the first round, even though they shouldn't have. But nonetheless, I see. Okay, so he was signed to an ELC, quote-unquote, after the playoffs. Um, he was traded on July 29th, so not too long ago, and he just got the, uh, I guess, deal. Um, this so, is 4.5 a year, remember. This is correct. not 4.5 over two. This is 4.5 a year. This is definitely an investment on the part of This is of a Miko Koski. No, no not, that, not that either. Yeah, he, this is definitely an investment on the part of the New Jersey Devils, and so... A little bit of backstory on this guy. This is a player that um, played in the KHL, um, started out with CSK, CSKA Moscow. Um, Arguably the second best team in that league. And then traded from Ugra Kianti Misnifian to... One of Saint, those smaller teams. Yeah, to uh, St. Petersburg, SKA St. Petersburg. You know um, that really dominant team that wins every year now? Yeah. The team um, that Putin loves to cheer for? Yes. That team. Um, and that happened in 2015-2016 season. Uh, 200, 250 points in 206 games. Obviously, it's a skewed margin with SKA. It's a skewed margin. No, I couldn't, I couldn't pull that off. SKA would. Um, and in last year's Olympics, he actually got 12 points in six games where he scored the tying goal in the gold medal game versus Germany. And they could have... <laughs> Germany would have pulled the Great Britain win from 1936 out of their keisters. But they did not. Could you, like, they were less than a minute away from doing it. But ah! 
But I'm just saying that would have been the that would have probably been the best story of the Olympics if Germany won the gold medal. That would have been. Yeah, I I can agree with that. It would have been a better story than Canada getting screwed in a shootout. Oh whatever. But anyways, shut up. Nonetheless, six and stones, you know. Ifs and buts for candy nuts. Gusev is a really good player. He is a he's got he's right handed. He's not the biggest guy, but he's quick. He's agile. He makes great moves with the puck. Now, granted, yes, you look at the, the bigger ice in Russia gives you more time and space, but he's got a very good shot, very good accurate shot. It's not an it's a quick he if the, the unfortunate part is you watch his highlights and you watch his scouting report, he's got a good shot, but it takes a little bit for him to get it geared up. He's it's lethal on the power play because you have the room to take a hard shot. The problem is, is when he has to make him take a shot in stride. That's what you don't see a whole lot of. You don't really have to see that a whole lot in in the European game because you have time to take that three extra steps or half a couple extra seconds to get the shot away. But he's got really good hands. He is he is effective on one on ones against defensemen. He's quick. He's got he can pick the corners. My problem is is the the adjustment from going to the large surface to the small surface. He really has never played in North America. No. The only time he ever has, I think, is when he played, I think he played in the Super Series a few years ago, representing Team Russia. He really hasn't. I'm trying to think of when his World Junior year was. But kind of staying on the topic, Nikita Gusev, this is a player that I see him on the second uh, power play unit. 2012, which would have been Calgary. Maybe. Correct. Yes, it was Calgary and Edmonton. So I guess that's the last time. And he also played the Super Series that year as well. So that was the only year that he's ever been on North American ice. Every other year had been in the KHL and the World Championships. And the World Championships haven't been in North America, I think, in, what, six years? It's been a long time for that. Yeah. Six or seven years. So that's going to be my biggest concern. If you are New Jersey, you're, grab- you're getting a great player. I'm not going to deny that. Very talented, but... Will he be able to uh, be an effective player right off the get-go? This well, could be a, this could be a Davian Bruner, Alex. Remember Davian Bruner? Cr- remember, I, I do. Remember, ha, but came over from Detroit, has great hands, but, but, but North American game. But what is this? We'll see what happens. I mean, he's a 27-year-old, so he's a mature player. Is it? It's possible that with his maturity, he has the ability to adapt to certain situations quicker. You you think quicker? I right. You hope compared so, to someone who's younger who still is trying to really still catch their footing. You're giving a guy four and a half million dollars. You you this is an investment. I mean, don't I mean it's? I hate to bring it back to Zaitsev, but Zaitsev was an effective defenseman in Russia, but comes over to the NHL and all I'll say all I'm saying is this. We do it a lot, and I'm a proponent of it. We can't always believe that European European players are going to suck. I'm not saying that because there are players that have done it, but I'm just saying it's such a gamble. It's the same thing with Miko Koskinen. He is not worth that amount of money. Nikita Zaitsev is never worth that amount of money. There's a reason why Damian Bruner only played a year and a half in this league. It It's a lot for some players. So... If he comes over and tears it up, great, awesome. New Jersey has a, a stacked front with a good defense and somebody with pads on between the between the pipes. Right. Which is going to be their biggest problem. But that's that's where my concern is, is that you want to bring in this guy for a lot of money. Granted, thankfully, it's only two years. 
So it's a quick and easy contract if you need to get rid of it, if you need to bury it, whatever you need to do if it doesn't work out. But if he, if it works out, gosh, this guy he could be a ta- he could be a top scorer in the league. If, he could if it works out. I'm not going to say that. Oh my gosh, he's got the skill set to dominate this league. I don't know. So we've seen it happen before, and we could see it happen again. So that being said, this is just another example of the New Jersey Devils making it a palpable experience for Taylor Hall. You're trying to keep your star player, yes. So This team could win. They this could. T- look they, at this lineup they have. The, excluding Gusev, who they have up front, who they're having up front, who they have on the back end, they just need a goaltender. My yeah. goodness. And, listen, guys, Corey Schneider, he's done. Just get Take old Yeller out back and get that dog with rabies, let him out of the door, and have the boy shoot him. Okay? That's Oh, spoiler alert, by the way. Sorry. For all you people have never read or seen Old Yeller. But you understand what I'm trying to say. Listen, I love Mackenzie Blackwood, but my goodness, he is not an angel goaltender. We will have to see what happens to him. Trade them. for Scott Wedgwood. Give that guy another chance. <laughs> we'll have to see what happens to him. Obviously, they, like you said, they are fairly strong on the front and back end, so they will definitely be a team to look at. We, They're young I, as well. We said we said this last year. You know, New Jersey was one of those teams that possibly could take it, and they just didn't ha- end up well you for them. Had, well, once Hall is out for extended period of time. Right. You saw why, and this was like when Carey Price got hurt in 2015-2016. He wins the MVP, and I still say he should have won it back-to-back years because clearly when the Canadians stunk without him, he proved that he was their most valuable player. You know what I'm ready for? What? This upcoming calendar year when we get to either yell at Taylor Hall because he got paid too much or we get to yell at Taylor Hall because he doesn't play for New Jersey. What? Uh, how much cap spaces do the Devils have right now? As of right now, they have plenty. And when I say plenty, their current cap space is $8.7 million. That would not be enough to pay for Hall right now. If he wa- if Hall was signed today, you'd probably want nine or so. How much cap space, how many players do they have? How many Count, I want the number of how many quality players they need to sign next year. So they have, okay, for, first of all, they only have one RFA this year that they have to re-sign, and that's Pavel Zaka. Okay, so that's a a gimme. But next year, the players that they have to sign that are quality. A, Taylor Hall. Wayne Simmons, that's two. Then you have... But that's that's only if Wayne Simmons works out. Correct. Um, You have Nico Hish... I always... First first overall pick, sorry. Nico Hersher. Hersher. That's a solid one. Um... Andy Green, Sammy Vantanen, Mirko Mueller. They have... Andy Green and Sammy Vantanen, those are good. And then... So right now they have... Mackenzie Blackwood. They have a projected 75, almost $75 million in cap space. But like I said, you have to pay Hall. You're going to want to... I don't know if you're... Andy Green, I don't know if that's going to be a top priority. You're keeping Blackwood. Sammy Vantanen, well, you have to keep Blackwood. You need a a goaltender. And he's getting four. There's no goaltender right now that's going to be available next year. Yeah, he's no quality get, goaltender at least. He's going to get four. So, I mean, man, there's, there's, it's the goaltending that's going to be the question for the Devils. We'll see if if Ray Sherrill can whip something out of his keister and pull off a great move to get a goaltender. Go for it. Do what you got to do. Unless Corey Schneider has this crazy come from you know Bill Masterton Award year for coming from behind or come what? to Jesus. That's that's what they need. They need a goaltender. They have decent defense. They have offense that can score. 
like I said, you have Kyle Palmieri. Yes, he's not been the greatest. He's not been as the way he was in Anaheim, but he can still score. Travis Ajak is getting older, I know. Taylor Hall, was, if he's healthy, it'd be great. Wayne Simmons will be there banging in P.K. Subban's rebounds or will be shot in the face by P.K. Subban. I don't know, one or the other. But there is potential for this team to be a competitive hockey club. If Nico Heshire can pull it out, you know, step up his game to what the Devils thought when they drafted him first overall, he'll be a lot better. It'll be a deeper offense. This team has it. They need a goaltender, and they just need to put it all together. Yeah. This team somehow made the playoffs with Keith Kincaid as their starter because Corey, because Corey Schneider got hurt. Hey. Keith Kincaid. Hey. It just goes to show sometimes if you score enough, you win. They didn't score at all. They just didn't give up enough goals to get scored on. It was the weirdest thing that year. And they got their butts whipped by Tampa. Well, you still got scored, though. Remember when Tampa was a team that actually won playoff rounds? Yeah. It's okay. Since 2018, the Leafs and Tampa have each won the same amount of games. Actually, no. Toronto's done better since 2018. They at least won three games in their first-round series. Still haven't gotten out of the first round. Shut up! (laughs) Talking about uh, the the Bolts, Andre Vasilevsky is riding high on his little tractor. I'm doing your thing, Alex. Hey, Ty. Hey, Ty. Hey, Ty. Read the number, Alex. Read, 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 his, read his contract extension, please. Promise not to scream into these people's ears. I'll, I'll back my face off a little bit. Eight years, 9.5 each. <laughs> That's good, Alex. Tell me a better joke. It's not a joke. He's a good goaltender. He's a good goaltender. Nine and a half million dollars. I mean, look at what... uh, Alex, remember Alex... uh, Florida teams paying high for goalies. Yeah, but don't forget, Alex, Bobrovsky plays on a bad defensive team and he stands up and shows up. Louis Domingue had career-best numbers last year, Alex, with the Tampa Bay Lightning in their defense core. I'd like to see Andre Vasilevsky play for the Blue Jackets. I'm just saying. It wouldn't be worth nine and a half million dollars, Alex. Julian Breezewall is trying everything he can to keep this team together, and that's not one thing. you got to give brain points still. This team is in cap. They're not in hell. No, okay, you know, the, most teams are in cap hell the first oh, couple God. circles. You know, Dante's oh, Inferno. Lord. They are below the ninth circle of hell. They've created the tenth circle. It's the Tampa Bay Lightning cap situation. They just screwed them. Who did they? I'm pulling up their cap right now. I, I know it sounds like I'm mumbling here, folks, but I really got nothing to say about this team. Any, uh, like, you need to sign Braden Point. You have 11 points. Do you? You Yes, you do. Do you? Braden Point? Yes, you do. Do you? No, yes, you have more room now that you got rid of Ryan Callahan. So you have a little over $11 million in cap space, so you'll be able to pull it off now. But look who, Alex, they have to sign next year. They have to sign Mikhail Sergachev, who'll be an RFA. I don't know if you're... Ron, Jan Ruta won't be a big one, but Anthony Sorelli... Matthew Joseph may not be a huge one, but you'll have Braden Point's contract, which will be a lot. You'll have Nikita Kucherov at 9.5, 8.5 for Steven Stamkos, 5.3 for Andre Palat, Yanni Gore will be getting 5.166, Tyler Johnson will be still be making $5 million, Alex Kloran will be making 4.45, Victor Hedman making 7.875, Ryan McDonough, <laughs> $6.75 million, Braden Colbert will be a UFA in a couple of years. Thankfully, he'll be old enough that he can get out of this dang league. 
And now you're signing Andre Vasilevsky for nine and a half million dollars. Steve Eiserman, you are a bank robber. You are a bandit. Smokey and the bandit, you got out of there just in the nick of time. Wow. Listen, I know the lead for me and Cap Crunch Hell for all get out for Mitch Marner and stuff like that, but man, at least when they sign Marner, they won't have to worry about it for a couple of years. The Bullets are going to be in trouble. <laughs> They're going to be in big trouble. So that I say they have 11 this year. How many draft picks do they have to give up, Alex, to get rid of Tyler Johnson's contract? 11 this year and Tyler Johnson's contract next year. Tyler Johnson it will be making five. Five point. Just five, five till 2024. So you're hoping for a lockout now, guys, because that's going to be a load of money. Because you're. Oh, man. I do not pity the Tampa Bay whatsoever. You know what, Alex? I think in 2022, Florida may be the team to beat down there. The Panthers may be the Florida team to beat because guess what? The Bolts are going to have to disband. Fun fact. Vincent LeCavier is technically on the books. Has no effect. Has no cost. Oh, he's at zero. Hey, guys, Matthew Carl is still making 1.8333 for one more year. And Louis Deming and Mike Condon are both buried contracts. And that, that's how much yeah, it only yeah. costs them, the seventy-five grand and the one point three two five. Because yeah, 1. it takes total. it takes nine hundred twenty-five grand out of a contract if you go to the minors. Which both of which those contracts are done next year. And remember, like I said, so that's remember, like extra- I said, Louis Domingue, career numbers. Curtis McElhenney will win thirty games next year with a one point eight nine goals against average because he'll be playing behind that defense in a nine fifty save percentage because that's just how it'll work. And then people will realize that Vasilevsky. Is not worth nine and a half million dollars. He can steal you a game every so often. I don't get me wrong. He can put up forty saves, but every trust me. Hey, like I said, I put up a sixty game performance one time in my last year in luck. Now, and guess what? Next week, I gave up five on thirty. Andre Vasilevsky is not a nine and a half million dollar goaltender with the Tampa Bay Lightning. He is a nine and a half million dollar goaltender. Alex, I would be making a million and a half if I was the goaltender for the Tampa Bay Lightning. I'm just saying. Anthony Emmy won a Stanley Cup with Chicago when they had Duncan Keith, Ty, Stalmerson, Ty, Brent Seabrook. Ty, you couldn't make the Fed. Shut up. I, hey, with that defense, with the Tampa Bay defense, I could make the NHL. No. I'm just saying, he's not. No. That is a... That's like saying, that's like saying if you had John Madden as your color commentator, you could have freaking be on NBC forever. <laughs> John, what do you think about this play? Whoa! <laughs> You say, big, you uh, hey, John, what do you think about this contract here? Well, let me see. He's making, he's making $9.5 million, and he's making this kind of money, and then boom, he's going to make a master cap pit, and Tampa Bay's going to be in trouble. <laughs> let me tell you, he's going to be in bad time. That was bad. You got a better one? Not on me. <laughs> yeah, Ma- ma- maybe in like five minutes, but not on me right now. You and John Madden are not. That's one thing you cannot do. That is one of the very few impressions I can't do because there are a I'm lot not of impressions fat. you can't do. I'm not fat enough. Really look like an offensive lineman to you. Yes, you do, John. Okay, to be fair, you're doing it better than I could probably right now because you have a half face full of food. <laughs> give me, a, give me a turkey leg. I'll make it happen. But Brett Favre, no, I can't do it. Brett so um, Brett Favre, Andrew Vasilevsky got the worst contract in the NHL, but Brett Favre is still the best quarterback in the NFL. <laughs> No, I. In all seriousness, let me laughing. This is a very bad decision. This will come to haunt the Lightning 
next year. No, it's still haunting him. It's haunting him now. Well, here's the, they're not paying for nine and a half now. It's an extension. He, he's only making three and a half this year. Yeah. Yes, three and a half million dollars for Andre Vasilevsky right now is very low. But nine and a half? Holy cow. You can thank Bobrovsky for that. I guess, but Bobrovsky showed that he's worth $10 million because he dragged that stupid defense to a second round. Look at the defense that Columbus has. Seth Jones and Zacharensky. I'm looking at the rest of that roster, and that was it. Don't forget, they bought Adam McQuaid so they have some experience on defense because they have nothing left. Andre, Va- Andre Vasilevsky, oh my gosh, listen. Andre Vasilevsky was beaten out by Sergei Makarov for the Russian team in the World Junior Tournament. That's all I'm going to say. Andre Makarov, or Sergei Makarov, excuse me. I don't know what he's doing nowadays, but Vasilevsky's making nine and a half. And I'll tell you right now, Makarov, former Saskatoon Blade, thumbs up to him. Yeah. You put him in that situation with Tampa Bay, he's worth $8 million as well. He's not an $8 million goaltender, but with the numbers they put up with that team, yes. It's a skewed result because of the team he plays with. Yeah. That is a dumb contract. But what about Carey Price? Yes, Carey Price is a dumb contract too, especially yeah, at his age. Or, yeah. But it is going to bite the bolts in the butt. Yes. Say that 10 times fast. No. You know what I will say? Chris Kunitz has retired. Yes, we should give this up for Fair State Bulldog legend, Chris Kunitz. Michigan Bulldog. No, he's not from Michigan. He's from Ontario. But no, he played but, for but he play, played for Ferris, so he's a Michigan boy by default. Yes. He um, congratulates him on a very successful career. So this is what happens when you win four Stanley Cups and a gold medal, by the way. Well, don't forget, he won it with multiple teams. He won in 07 with the Ducks and then won three Cups with Pittsburgh. Yeah. And played for the Hawks and everything. I love I, I love it because, um, well, the NHL posted their thing, whatever, they posted all of his accolades and whatnot, and they put at the very end, 14th season on veteran was undrafted out of Ferris State. Where's the stats for the Bulldogs? CCHA Player of the Year, Chris Kunitz. Literally almost dragged the team to the national tournament with Mike Brown as their goaltender. Who? Exactly. Yeah. I should have had Harrison on for this so we can just honor Chris Kunitz for five. <laughs> we could have done it for two hours talking about his career. <laughs> we would have done it too. Crappy uh, audio. I would everything. not want to be on here. You wouldn't want to be because Harrison, Harrison and I would be like, oh man, Chris Kunitz. Oh, remember this? Oh, yeah. Hey, I got to, we got to see him play. Remember, we did. You, you were all the dumb people who were in Michigan stuff, and here I am my fair sweater going, yeah! We won. I don't remember. There was a fight that game, too, but I don't remember. There was. There, there was, was a scuffle. It wasn't a, it's like... It's college hockey. There was always scuffles. It wasn't a drop the gloves, but it was two guys punching each other, locker boxing on the ice. Yeah. Um, so, like I said, four Stanley Cups, gold medalist. It's not going to be in the Hall of Fame for quite some time. He's going to be one of those guys where it's going to take about 20 years, and then maybe he'll get in. No, I I, I don't know if he'll ever. Actually, I don't, I don't think so. Dude, four Stanley Cups and a freaking gold medal. Alex, there were a lot of players that won Cups of the Canadians that are not in the Hall of Fame. It may be one down the line, but in terms of statistics and numbers, I don't think he'll ever. It's the same way with Chris Draper. You'll never see Chris Draper in the Hall of Fame. You should. But, he, yes, he had an impact on these teams. Go to Chris Kunitz. Chris Kunitz played with Sidney Crosby, okay? And it made him look really good. And Chris Kunitz was on that line with Getzloff and Perry. Really good line on that 07 team. Is Marty McSorley in the, in the Hockey Hall of Fame tag? No. 
He should be. No, he should not. Yes, he should. You know he what? gets charged with assault yeah. with a deadly weapon one time, and you say he can't go in the Hockey Hall of Fame. Hey, Pete Rose gambled, and he'll never be allowed in the Hall of Fame. Bush League. Hey, I'm just saying, Marty McShoy's scout report coming out of junior was good with the stick. We did not mean that, guys, at all. He was good with the stick. <laughs> but congratulations to Chris Kunitz on a very successful career, making Fair State proud, making Canada proud, making everyone proud. I know there's some, I know Bob Danielson somewhere, Shannon Tier, A Tier, because it's just, it, it, Bob doesn't cry. He's Who? Bob Daniels, head coach of the Fair State Bulldogs. Oh, the okay. one that took Chris Kuhn and said, You're going to be a star. What? Yeah. Hey, we got him in the NHL. Yeah. One of the very, one of the very few Bulldogs that are able to get there and stay there. And yeah. that, I mean, the only one. I don't think even John Gruden played in the NHL for that long. Yeah. I'm trying to think of any. No, CJ Mott didn't. Pat Engel didn't. Too. No. Well, we're running out of time here because I'm tired. So. It's August. Oh, yes. It August the 1st. That means, for those of you that have been here last season, or that have not here, been here before, it's Angry August. If you couldn't tell by the title of this episode. We're angry. Grr. Grr. Sane Anger. No, we don't talk about that album around here. Sane Anger. <laughs> no, get out of here. That's a horrible album. That is literally Metallica's Saint Anger is to the Kisses the Elders. It is just garbage shoot of an album. No, that's not. It is that Saint Anger's Metallica is rushes anything they made in the eighties. No. Anything that Foreigner did in the eighties? Maybe. Metallica's Saint Anger is the closest thing we have in comparison to. Thought I had another one off the top of my head, but I, uh, I think I've got, if I go back to like '80s music, some of our fans are like, "Do what?" How about the Corn and Skrillex thing? That was okay, though. I never problem. You can get up or whatever. Yeah, that was. It, you know what? It was something with the times. They had, they tried something, and you know what? It wasn't. Yes, it wasn't. Try class- your best, but you don't succeed. No, because. Oh gosh, what's, that's the horse. No. The horses. What? The band that sings that song. Coldplay. Oh, Fix You. What am I thinking of? I was thinking of... There's another song I'm thinking of off the top of my head. You're right, Fix You. All right. You're right. Metallica St. Anger is like... No, you're done. I was going to go with Coldplay, but I'm like, I'm trying to think of an album of Coldplay. And I can't Everyone because... likes Coldplay. But no, that's not true at all. <laughs> you should like Coldplay. I'm t- okay, fine. You, I want you to come to work and say Coldplay is awesome, and you tell me when you make it I didn't it say up. they're awesome, but everyone should like them because they yeah, make good music. Yeah, everyone will look at you like you're a buffoon. <laughs> at least with my... Pardon me that I don't have concealed carry. Oh, yeah, that's true because it's, it's that crap yeah. all called bills. Anyways, but I like... I like this idea of our Angry August because, you know, we're, we're waiting for this hockey season to start up here. I know we're both trying to work with whatever we want I mean, with what we're doing now, and we're staying busy, but we need our hockey back. They're instinct to me a little bit. And preseason start for another month. Training camp doesn't start for another month. By the way, I'm trying to get... You know what I'm angry about, Ty? What are you angry about, Alex? First order of business. Here, here, hold on. We got to get a meeting here. Hold here, hold here, hold here. First order of business. First order of business. Teams 
leagues and organizations using players' numbers for countdowns. Specifically, the NHL with the use of Brad Marchand's number. I'm angry about it. There's no, there's no here, here. There's no here, here about that. Uh-uh. In a crowd of two, it's a. I mean, what do you? Who it's else? It's a 50%. Who else has 63? Josef Vasicek. I'm just saying. Former Carolina Hurricane great Josef Vasicek. I just think it's kind of dumb. It's a dumb trend. Well, what else are you going to do? Well, and tomorrow it's going to be William Nylander from his rookie year wearing 62. Mm. Unless you can think of another player that wore 62 that was worthwhile. I'm trying to think of it. But I think, Alex, our first topic of the day, our first topic of the month, excuse me, we're going to talk about some players that think they're a little self-entitled. So arbitration's going on right now. For those that haven't noticed in the last two weeks what we've talked about, or at least what I talked about last week and Alex before, with Alex before. But there are some players, the reason why arbitration happens, Alex, is because the team thinks, hey, young man, you're worth this amount of money. And it's only for restricted free agents, by the way. We think you're only worth this amount of money. Well, a player says, well, I think I'm worth this amount of money. And they go to arbitration, they get at each other and start yelling at each other and fighting and stuff and arguing until something, some compromise comes. Yeah. And usually it's settled right in the middle. So, remember we talked about Evan Rodriguez. I talked about Evan Rodriguez last week. He's making $2 million next year on a one-year contract. Yeah. Because obviously the team's like, hey, let's just get you this year and then maybe we can work something out. Yeah. He wanted $2.65 million. Linus Olmark. No, I'm talking about Evan Rodriguez first. Sorry. Oh, okay. Because he wanted 2.65 as well, Rodriguez did. Rodriguez is a, a good player, but... Is he worth more than Zach Hyman? No, because Zach Hyman actually contributes offensively. I bumped up Rodriguez. He's a good, he's very good at faceoffs. He can be a good bottom six forward for you, but you don't pay $2.65 million, Alex, for bottom six forwards in the NHL. Depending on the market, yeah. Well, no, it's not depending on the market. It's with the hard cap area. You can't do that. There's a reason why Connor Brown is over in Ottawa now, because the Leafs couldn't afford to pay 2.1 for a, for a fourth liner. Evan Rodriguez is a fourth liner. But why in 2.65? I don't know why either, Alex. Then his teammate, Linus Allmark, remember, backup goaltender Linus Allmark, who backs up for Carter Hutton, wants $2.65 million. Okay. His arbitration hearing is tomorrow. Yep. I am intrigued to see what happens, because you want to know why? Name me, Alex, an experienced goaltender, or excuse me, a younger, inexperienced goaltender, I should say, that... Is a backup that makes two point six five million dollars. Inexperienced. Inexperienced, you say? Because there's a lot of goaltenders that make two point six five. Yaroslav Halak for one, Jonathan Bernier another. But Linus Allmark, who hasn't done a dang thing in this league except fill in for when Carter Hutton gets pulled. Played in Rochester, he's a good goaltender in the American League. He earned his right in the NHL. But what makes him think? Now, granted, yes, the team is offering only eight hundred thousand. I'd be asking for at least a million, of course. But 2.65 to be a backup when you haven't really accomplished anything in this league? That's a lot of money to be paying for someone who hasn't done just anything. Hmm. Jake McCabe is a defenseman. He's a third-pairing defenseman. The team is offering him 1.775. He wants more than that. Jake McCabe hasn't done a darn thing. Listen, unless playing for the Sabres is that bad, that all these guys want more than they're actually worth, I'm not sure. But we see this all the time, Alex. Remember, remember Josh Anderson a few years ago 
when he held out because he wanted a few hundred thousand dollars more to play in Columbus. Josh Anderson is not, he's barely worth the money he's getting paid now, and he wanted more than that. Well, okay, let's think about this, though. He, he's a 26-year-old playing second fiddle to 33-year-old Carter Hutton. I understand that. The Buffalo Sabres have $3.115 million remaining in cap space. So, in Thank theory... You, Jack Eichel. In theory, if Carter Hutton and Linus Olmark split time, they should get paid just about the same. But Carter Hutton... But Carter Hutton is making 2.75, so Linus Olmark would be making 100000 less than him. Right. That being said, I do agree that Linus Olmark has not done necessarily a lot in this league to, I to guess... To be worth 2.65? Right, but... To be worth as almost as much as James Reimer? Correct, but that being said, if the term is right, that's not a bad deal. If it's a longer-term deal, it's not bad. I look at this and I say, okay... 2.65, but for how long? If it's over five years, it's a good deal. Because but, he's, if, but goaltenders are so hard, they're so hot and cold, Alex. Devin Dubnik had an awful start to his career, has two good years in Minnesota, and now he's going to be there forever. No. Devin Dubnik's only there for two more years. I'm, but the time he signed his contract, though, is a longer-term deal. Well, if, I mean, is, if, if, if Linus Allmark wants to sign at this, is this his peak? Is he this good? Is he going to be able to stay that good? I don't know. Okay, but Aaron Dell's making 1.9. That's that's more reasonable because Aaron Dell has his Okay, so, so had, do you think and had, that... And Aaron Dell had to pick up a lot of slack last year with Martin Jones being awful in the regular season. Understandably so. That being said, though, do you think... It's possible that maybe we could bump it down to like 2.3. I wouldn't pay him any more than two. Because I really, I really think that what this arbitration contract, whatever this is going to be, plays a huge part into what's going to happen next year. Because next year and then the year after, we have a lot of goalies back up specifically that have their contracts going up. Hence why you Malcolm Subban's one. Uh, Thatcher Demko has a couple more years left on his. And he's but, at, but Vancouver will definitely do everything they can to keep him there. Right. So it so this is gonna this is gonna be one of those contracts where we'll see what happens and you never know. But I think okay. Is it unreasonable? Not necessarily. Well, if for a team that's in cap hell that I'm sure Allmark knows, it's the what I'm trying to get at, Alex, is players. They don't care about the team. They don't care about what the team has and what the team, what they actually need. They care about what they want, which is reasonable. And for but the problem is, is being unreasonable on how much they are worth individually. But is it unreasonable if he asks for two point six five? Yes. If he's asked to do a bigger role, but he hasn't shown that he can play. He's not shown that he's worth two point six five. If you give him more, it's like me going to work and asking, I need a $5 raise. I should be making 25 bucks an hour or something like that. It's unreasonable because let's be honest. I haven't, I mean, some people haven't done enough to make 25 bucks an hour. I just want 25 bucks an hour because that sounds nice. But if you're looking at it from the outside and looking at my line of work, 
maybe I'm not worth 25 bucks an hour. Linus Allmark, yeah, you're right. Maybe he thinks, hey, 2.65, that sounds pretty good. I can live off that for a few years. But you look on the outside and look, and look at his numbers, look at his experience. He hasn't done a damn thing to, to earn $2.65 million a year. My, my thing is, Alex, is there's all these players that ask for so much just because that's what they want, not what they actually are worth, not what they actually should be making. Okay, but here's the thing. That's the point of negotiation. You ask for what you want, and then you make a middle ground. That's the point. You can't get angry at somebody for trying. That's like saying, okay, that's like if you have a coupon, right? Yes. Buffalo Wild Wings. Ooh. Yeah. Don't make make me. Is it? Oh, it's it's, it's Thursday. Yeah, I know. My, my, My girly friend and her friends are like, hey, after the show, if you finish quickly, we should go to Buffalo Wild Wings. And I'm like, possibly. I'm tired. Tuesdays are better because they're half off and they actually have bone in them. Yeah. That being real wings. That being said, if you go to Buffalo Wild Wings and you have a coupon that's a day old, you might as well try. Might as well try to see if it'll work out. Hey, it's a day old, but will you still accept it? And if they say, worst comes to worst, they say no. So in this case, I'm not going to get too mad at him. If Linus Omar says, hey, I'm thinking I'm. $2.65 $2.65 million. Worst, that's, worst that they can say is no. But here's the problem. Then you don't have a team. Yeah, you have an entire team. No, what, what I'm saying is that Linus Allmark doesn't have a team to play for. He's an RFA. And nobody's going to buy Linus Allmark as an RFA. Yeah, for what, a, a conditional seventh? Yeah, Linus Allmark if, gets... Okay, they have $3 million in cap space. We already talked about this. $2.65 million. Yes, it fits... Yeah, it fits, and then but is that what's what you the worst? S- what's the worst that happens? They say no. Otherwise, if he does get it, you don't get to sign Jake McCabe. Aww. The problem is, is that why do players then they expect it? That's the problem. I, I'm not trying to take trace back to you know who, Alex, but when players sit there and say no, I want this, and that's it. That's final. I don't want, I, I, this is my dollar amount. William Nylander last year. If I was Kyle Dubas, I would have let him sit. You want that amount would of money? Would you have? I would have. I would have sat William Nylander because we learned that hindsight 2020, but I I figured that before. It, it would have been better just to sit him. He wasn't worth, he didn't. Yes and no. Yes well, and what, no. What, Alex, Willie didn't do anything last year. Capping on that top line with Matthews were tearing up the league. They were, but and you could have left it that way. Yes and no, but what did William do? Nothing. Exactly. But- and he made ten million dollars in the process because of how late the contract was signed. Can't go back. I know he can't go back, which is why I'm saying, if Mitch Marner wants that, whatever. Oh, we're not doing Mitch Marner right now. If he I'm wants that to, dollar, I'm amount, done with it. No, nope, I'm cutting you off. He can sit. I'm done with. It. We're, you we're- can sit in your nice little apartment in downtown Toronto, and sit. We're Fine not, by me. We're not getting into no. no I'm cutting make you off. Another no, I'm cutting you, you off. Can make another I'm cutting video. you off. But what I'm Alex, what I'm trying to get at here is that players that want more money than they're worth, but they say, no, I am worth this amount of money. I don't care what you say. That's a part of negotiation, Ty. But then, this is not way back when where you walked into the general manager's room without an agent, and then the general manager said, All right, I'm getting you brand new shoelaces. Here's a fifty dollar bill. You're done. Settled. That's your contract. 
Agreed. That's why there's the RFA rules about they, they must get paid 105 or 110% based exactly. on what they get. Exactly. But it gives the players rights. But it's when players that ask for this much thinking that they are worth this self-entitlement. This much! It's six. It's $2.65 million. It doesn't sound like a lot, but for a backup that has played how many games in the NHL, Alex? Exactly. Okay. John Scott never made that amount of money, and he played a lot more than Ian Zolmark. That was a different time, though. <laughs> so I'm, you know what I'm getting at, though, Alex? I don't like the it's fact that... It's worth him asking for that it. That the players nowadays control the market. They've always controlled the market. No, ever, ever since there was a player's union and they were allowed to you know, negotiate for contracts, they've been able to ask for high and get barked down. That's how bargaining works. There's a bargaining agreement. There's reasons why there have been lockouts. Because why? And why there's going to be another one? Exactly. Because players have rights. Getting ready for a junior hockey show here. And you know what? If the league won't, quote unquote, the league, the league and its teams will not pay them what they think they are worth, then you know what? We'll have a lockout. And you know what? The Detroit Red Wings, I'm great. I will love to watch the Little Caesars Arena host the Motor City Mechanics play again. Fine by me. You have fun yelling about how, oh, there shouldn't be a lockout. No, oh, it's I'm all not. because of the players. And blah, 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 blah. I'm not going to say it's about the players. I'm going to say there's going to be a... There's gonna, I, the last lockout was both sides. Everyone was wrong in the 2013 lockout. The 0405 lockout, everyone was at fault. This lockout is literally because the players want to get rid of escrow and the owners won't do it. Okay, the, player, the players again. want things and the general managers don't. There's a bargaining part there, just like this contract. It's Linus Olmark. Okay, it'd be stupid for him to go straight to $3 million. So he's lowballing himself a little bit. So if he asked for $3 million, he's ridiculous. He's done. 2.65, you can bargain down from that. I bet you, I bet you $5 right now on the show, cash monies that he makes $2 million. If he signs a contract with that team, he will $5 make $2 million. Bill, a $5 bill, Abraham Lincoln. One single Abraham Lincoln that if he signs with you Buffalo. Wanna bet 10, you want to bet $11.25 Canadian on this. Sure. <laughs> Linus Allmark, if he signs with the Buffalo Sabres, he's making $2 million. Are we playing Price is Right rules here? I'm playing it's... Okay, around two, two around two million dollars. No, you're saying two. two okay, okay, enough. okay. How about no, this? How about price this? Is, price is right. Rules here. You bet two million dollars. Is that your bet? Five dollars. Fine. Two million dollars. Two million and one. <laughs> no. Okay. How about this? Within. <laughs> two million, I'm, within. I'm gonna win this one. Within two. Within one hundred thousand of two million. How about that? Fine. So between one point nine and two point one. Fine. Deal. 2.101. Shake on it. $2.1 million in one cent. Shook. It that's, is shook. That's my bet. Price of right rules here. I don't blame him. It's just... I mean, we really could just go in... Maybe we should do that next week. We should do agents next week. Agents? Actually, I guess we've done that enough no. with Mitch Marner. No, because then you'll just start yelling and I'll be like, 
There's nothing wrong with agents. Let them do their job. Everything's wrong with agents. They try to bump up their client and think that they're better than everything. Because that's their job. It's to support and promote the player. You're right. Promote a player that is not worth Austin Matthews' money, but say he's worth Austin Matthews' money. That's I'm cutting you off. I'm cutting you off. Great agent work It is 9 o'clock. I'm going to turn this team, I'm going to turn the fans on the Toronto Maple Leafs because guess what? They're going to want Marner. Marner deserves that money. And guess what? Everyone hates Ferris, and and unfortunately, Marner is tied to it. I don't want to say the fans hate Marner. But I'm just going to say right now, if Marner doesn't step step up and say anything. I'm cutting you off. (laughs) If you want to tell Tyler that he needs to stop talking about Marner, he needs to figure it out. I have done a good job for the last couple weeks. He needs to figure it out. I've done a good job for the last couple weeks, okay, that I've not talked about with Marner. Tyler. What? I listened to last week's episode. I barely. You are bad. Did I mention Marner? Yes. When? Multiple times. People, go listen back to it. Multiple times. I think I've only mentioned it like I, I don't no, no, no. I don't dive into it though. Tyler, the first step to recovery is acceptance. No, I thought it's denial, then acceptance. Well, you know what? The first step in the right direction is acceptance. Okay, can we honestly have a point where we can talk about him again? Labor Day. When he signs. Labor Day. When he signs. Labor Day. No. Start of training camp. No. If he is not signed by the start of training camp, we have a right. That should be the tell. That should be I the don't point. want to talk about it until he signs or it's the beginning of the season. Fine. We'll do an episode after training camp starts. You'll go off and I will just sit here for about an hour and a half. Fine. By myself. Fine. I feel bad for our listeners. And we'll have the, cop, we'll have the cops called because there's a man obsessively screaming in the basement in the house. We think he may be trapped and dying. Nope, it's just me screaming. Make sure to use the hashtag the Keel Podcast at the Keel Podcast. Checking out Downtown Sports Network at DT Sports Network. Hashtag. Downtown Sportsbook, hashtag DT Sports Network. Thank you so much. Hashtag DTSN. DTSN. Ditson. Blitzen? No, no, no. It's not not Christmas yet. It's not even Christmas in July. It's August. I'm angry. Hey, you know what? It's getting cooler outside. I'm okay with that. I can actually open my windows at night and not let them die. Thank you so much for listening. For Tyler, your host, Alex, we will see you next time. Goodbye. No more monitor talk.